a boy takes on a tree creature while coping with his mother's illness. A sociopath shoots news footage. A mother and daughter live in an Orlando motel. An actress, an actor, and his stuntman navigate Los Angeles at the end of the 1960s. And many more. This time on the Oscar should have gone to Craig and Megan's top 10 of the 2010s. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to. Here we are. Here we are. Just the two of us. Oh man, just just like Will wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. This is who he was imagining. Yeah. Sitting in my kitchen table, my dining room table. Yeah. Drinking Bloody Marys. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're sort of like Will Finishing. and Data. We are. Yeah, in that we have a um, non-sexual relationship. <laughs> I knew that, that was coming. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Red table talk. Um, We finished off Sarah's Tito's that he brought. Oh, I finished off in like three days. Mm. I remember I got the message from you. Because... uh, I already had an open bottle of Tito's, which is the only reason. My my wife had uh, surgery, uh, so she couldn't drink, obviously, so we didn't really have alcohol in the house. Um, But we did have orange juice in the house because Mm -hmm. she was using it to take her pills. Um, So after... She would go to bed. I would use some of the orange juice with some of the Tito's. Sure, sure, sure. Have yourself a grand old time. Yeah, just have a little screwdriver. Well, I watched tons of movies from the 2010s. We, okay, so tell tell the people what we've done. So we're, this, this, uh, this episode we're going to, um, we're going to be doing our top tens of the 2010s. Because all the important people have filed that story. Yeah, so. so people have been clamoring you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk on the internets yeah. about when are Megan when and Craig going to put it out. You know, <sighs> I'm so glad to get, you know, Tony Scott's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, top 10. Richard Lawson and yeah, you who's know. the L.A. guy? Um, that guy has bad opinions, though. I was The guy I was going to say is the theater critic. I, I can't remember what the film critic's name is. Kenneth Turin? No. That... It's like Oppenheim, but not that. Yeah. He did not make a bomb. It's something like, I forget. Um, Vulture ranked like every movie from the 2000s. I saw that, that article and I thought it was wild. Yeah. A lot of bad takes. Yeah. A lot of bad takes. I mean, some stuff I was like, I agreed with their rankings of all of the superhero movies or all the Marvel movies, oddly. But... Um, other than the end, yeah. But um, yeah, it was some. It was weird. Some of the some of the picks were weird. Also, here's the thing. I like the movie too, but it seems like a bad look being what the 2010s were in terms of kind of the change we've seen with uh, terrible men. <laughs> that to have melancholia. Mars von Trier your number one movie of the decade. Yeah, it's not a great. It's, it's not, not a great what look. You want. No, it's not. It's a very white people movie too. Yeah. Uh, but good for Kiki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you so watch anyway. that show of hers yet on Showtime? Yeah. Actually, um, Becoming a God in yes, Central Florida? Um, our friend Dahlia Karnofsky, who was on our episode of her fiancé, co-created that oh, show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have yet to see it, but am excited, too. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. By okay. the way, former guest uh, Greg Bonsignor mm-hmm. was in my um, exercise class this week. And... Uh, 
He just uh, he just had a script on the blacklist. Really? Mm-hmm. We're all we are lifting people up. I would say you know I don't want to you know Greg didn't never had a script on the blacklist until he was on this pod. Wow. What does that say? So it's crazy to think about. I I think what it says is like if you're really wanting that Oscar, you got to come on the pod. I feel like um, this is like one of those things where uh, the life is being sucked from us. Oh, like yeah. lives that we should have are being like uh, yeah. Taken from us and, and osmosized to yes. other people. Mm-hmm. This is like the mummy. Yeah. The good one the with Brandon Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> they like take all the. I don't want to get too far into juices. either of the mummies because they're both on my list. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, let's. Well, before we dive into the actual movies, I want to know how you went about making your list. Okay, great. I'm glad that we was, talked. I think this was hard. Okay, so it was really hard. Yeah. So basically, I'm not a fucking like loser like you are, and mm-hmm. I don't make like a fucking end of year list every year. Right. But I, although I do have like floating around in my head like my top few favorite from sure. this year, which included, you know, in no particular order yeah. from this year, like Booksmart, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, Hustlers. Yeah. These are movies that I really enjoyed this year. Yeah. Although I saw, I've seen a lot of, there's also some screeners have come in. Guys, Uncut Gems was great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jojo Rabbit I was great too. I heard mixed things. I loved that. Anyway, point is, I looked at, I sort of looked at what I had like posted or something about something that I, movies that I liked. And then I went back and Googled, like, what are the best movies? What were, like, the best movies from, you know, any particular year of the 2010s? And then I sort of did a, and I was like, oh, I remember. Really, I just did that thing where you're like, I remember seeing that movie. Wasn't there another movie I saw around that time? And then I kind of scrolled back. Yeah. Anyway, about halfway through this process, I realized I was like, I'm sort of being torn between, like, oh, that was such a cool experience seeing that movie and, like, oh, that's a prestige movie, which sure. is what we sort of, like, run up against every time we film this is, yeah. like, what... Not just nostalgia, mm-hmm. but, like, what was just a fun fucking watch right. and what was, you know, quote-unquote, like, Oscar-worthy yeah. or whatever. And I think what I landed on is, especially because people have already covered the, like, os- you know... Oscar Beatty, like amazingly made movies, is I just made a list of the 10 movies that I love the most. The things that I, there are some things that I'm like, this would not have been not, not nominated for an Oscar. And I'm not even saying that it should be. Right. But I'm saying if you're looking back on the 20, you know, the, the, the past 10 years, what movies would you want to watch again? Or, or not even watch again, but which movie, because some of them, some, a couple on this list is would be tough. Yeah. But what movies, like, really stuck with me. Right. Over the past 10 years. That I, when I, and there's, and about half the list, I didn't have to look up at all. I just go, oh, I know I loved this. I know I loved this. I know yeah. I love this. I know I love this. And then I looked back and was like, oh, these are the ones. Right. And then I did rewatch the stuff that came out this year and last year because of recency bias, I was worried that I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I really love it. Yeah. Like there's, I just saw it. Because yeah. I just saw it. There's a movie from like 2010 that immediately came to mind for me. And like, I know that that's one of my favorites because yeah. that's from 2010. And I own it. Uh, but from, yeah, the more recent years, I, you know, and stuff switched around a little bit as I will talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I um, am a nerd, and I keep lists. Mm-hmm. Kind of a full ranking of the movies uh, 
from the year. And I started actually kind of doing this right around the beginning of <coughs> this decade. I think maybe a couple of years I went back and sort of kind of tried to do. I think we all remember um, when you started doing this. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I kind of went back and I looked particularly at like my top three or four from any given year. Then I was like, which one of these four am I really interested in watching again? Like two or three from each year. And I actually sort of did the opposite of what you did is I went back starting in 2010 and rewatched as much as I could kind of in the lead up to this podcast, starting from the furthest back, going to the closest. Yeah, you did go opposite. Um, so I watched everything that I had on my list from 2010 through 2016. So basically I had brought it down to 25 movies this decade, um, and then probably rewatched 17 or 18 of them. Wow. Um, wow. I watched one thing again from 2017, but uh, nothing from last year. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I did it. Um, but I also sort of was similar. I tried to watch my number one from every single year, mm -hmm. but otherwise there were movies that were, like, I, for instance, I had, like, Argo number two in 2012, and mm -hmm. I was like, is Argo going to make my list? Probably not. I'm not going to rewatch Argo, but no. maybe this movie that was number three or four that I remember really liking that's become maybe more of a culty thing, yes. like, is something I want to check out again, and maybe that will make my list. It didn't. But in some cases, those movies that were a little bit further down did. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I went about doing it, and then just sort of cross stuff off. Like, I think I ranked it after I did those first <laughs> ten. And then just started kind of crossing stuff off from there. Great. And then at the end, I was just like, all right, here's my list. Well, I'm glad we did it in two different ways because I feel like otherwise there may have been more crossover. And I want to, I think it's more interesting to come to people with more movies because I feel like I went with my heart yeah. on a lot of these. And I feel like you went with your head. Um, I don't think so because I think uh, a lot of my number ones from a year uh, did not make it. Yeah, but that's because you did. You out. went back and like looked at that. Yeah, overall. but the other thing, and the other thing is, there's only one movie on my list that won Best Picture. Okay, but how many on your list could be? There's a okay, okay. I don't, I, I mean, don't know what were, I. There were several, like a lot of nominees. Yeah, but only I thought it was interesting that only one actually won. Okay, I don't know why I'm making excuses for my list. They're all good movies. Yeah, I would recommend you see them all. Yeah. They're all like some of them are, uh, fucking. Prestige and some of them are not, but I yeah. suggest that you see them all. Yeah, because they're all they're the they're they are dare I say, my ten favorite movies of the decade. Oh, would you like to start with your number ten? I guess I would. Go for I it. I guess I would. Um, so my number ten. So here's the thing about me in movies: I like to cry in movies. Sure. I think that. I I think that's because I don't cry a lot in real life. Yeah. So if a movie really makes me cry. Yeah. So this movie is from 2016, mm -hmm. and it is called A Monster Calls. Um, it did not get a bunch of buzz when it first came out. Um, it's Sigourney Weaver and, um, uh, oh, God, I can't remember her name now, the Aeronauts, Rogue One, Felicity, Felicity Jones. Jones. Felicity Jones. And without giving to, and the voice and of Liam Neeson. as a tree monster. Correct. Uh that's going to sound like a crazy thing, like a crazy movie, but this movie is will shatter your life. It is a gorgeous movie. It's beautifully done. It's sort of like a um, like a fairy tale, sort mm -hmm. of, a little bit, um, about a little boy whose mother is dying of cancer, and, um, and then it 
only gets crazier from there. And the ending is like truly one of the most beautiful endings I've ever seen of any movie. It's expertly the tree monster that Liam Neeson plays is it could go, it could really veer into super weird and creepy and whatever and it never does. Yeah. It's very it's it just is feels it it's a very real movie that's that is wrapped up in this kind of fanciful elements. Mm-hmm. Um which is kind of the sort of stuff that I like because it is seen through a child's eye. It's a te- yeah. it's a terrible situation that the kid is in, and this is sort of the construct that he's using to get through it. And Sigourney Weaver also is amazing as the as Felicity Jones's mom and the kid's grandma. Um, and I just suggest I think it didn't get I want to put it on my list because it didn't get a lot of. Uh, love come award season. If I remember it came out kind of late. It, it was did. Like a, a Christmas release or like right before Christmas yep. or something like that. And it was a movie that there was buzz about and then it came out late and you kind of see particularly in the Oscar picture mm-hmm. now, even though people are like, ooh, this is the Christmas movie. Like maybe one of those movies a year actually gains a foothold. Completely. Where a lot of times if they come out that late, they kind of just get lost. Completely. And this is exactly what happened with that. Yeah. There was buzz, it got lost, but I saw it mm-hmm. and I and it wrecked me. And then I showed made my mother watch it and it wrecked her and, and uh, Maddie loves it. And it's a great it's a great movie if you're if you are home alone one night and you're like, you know what? I just need like a cry. Yeah. Monster Calls is a great fucking movie. And it's my tenth favorite movie of the decade. Would you say that that is your number one cry movie of the decade? Yeah, I actually would. Somebody asked me that the other day because they cause, and a lot of the ants like somebody asked me that the other day and or a group of us and and the answers were dumb and I was like, yeah, I'm not. I forget what some of the answers were, but they were dumb. I think mine would be Coco. Yeah, Coco is a great is another great one. I have another really good cry movie on this list, yeah. but I don't think that I cry at more places. Right. But I don't cry as hard as yeah. I do at the, like Coco I cry, yeah. but I don't cry as, at the end of a monster calls. There's one line in particular that I literally it's like it's sobbing. Kills you. Yeah. So. Anyway, I wish I could think of the other movies, but they were dumb. Don't yeah. don't listen to other people's dumb movies. It's just every single time I watch Tree of Life, I am <laughs> Destroyed. Can I tell you something? Did not make it through Tree of Life. Uh, watched it at home. Yeah, that's the problem. Didn't love it. <laughs> Was my least favorite movie of that year. Yeah, for sure. Um, my number 10 is Tree of Life. <laughs> um, not a great decade. My number 10 is Nightcrawler. Oh my God, also on my short list. Um, so I'm really I'm glad going we're talking back about and forth on number 10. Um, between Nightcrawler and Sicario, and I decided on Nightcrawler um, just because I think tonally it's a little stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's just a good movie. Jake Gyllenhaal is so fucking creepy in that yep. movie. He's great. Rene Russo is terrific. The movie, uh, for those of you who are not aware, he plays Jake Gyllenhaal's sort of this uh, thief. Thug? Like, Ish? Like, like no, so pre- I would just say, like, sociopath. Just well, like, but we see him at the beginning of the movie, like, beat up and, like, rob. Yeah. Like, a security guard. Yeah. I don't think he's, um, like, a career... It's very creepy. Yeah, and then he gets into, uh, basically, night crawling. So he goes around filming accidents and fires and stuff and trying to sell the video to the nightly news. 
Uh, and it sort of goes on from that, him trying to get larger and uh, larger paydays by filming worse and worse things. Mm. Um, the One interesting thing about rewatching this movie, because I had not seen it since I saw it in theaters, is a lot of the car stuff is filmed right by where I live. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. And That's it's crazy. not supposed to be there. But it's yeah. literally just this one strip of Laurel Canyon, <laughs> like this three-block strip that's right by my house. <laughs> but they're like, oh, they're driving up and down Western. And I'm like, no, that Shoe City is walking <laughs> distance from me, guys. Did it uh, take you out of it? It did a little bit, but it's a great film um, and a great performance. Jake Gyllenhaal was not nominated for any That's a shame. That, year. that is a shame. Um, he is scary in that movie. That year's a crazy uh, best actor thing where probably the three best performance, male performance of the year were not nominated. Oh. And Eddie Redmayne won for playing Stephen oh, Hawking. That's right. Oh, God. So, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about It's going to be a weird thing where it's like, Oh, it's just a good movie. Yeah. Because, of course, it's our 10 favorite movies. 10 favorite movies is not much. I, um, but I'm glad that you brought that up because that was that was a, that was was in my top 20 for sure. Yeah. That movie is fucking great. Yeah. Number nine? Number nine. Number nine for me is a movie from 2017. I've talked about it on the podcast because we've done it at this point. Um, my dog's flipping out. Scout, chill. You got to chill. You got to chill out. I know, but you got to chill. And we've talked about this movie. I don't know what to say about it that I haven't already said. It's The Florida Project. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was my favorite movie of 2017, and um, it holds up. It's just a, it's a beautiful movie. Sean Baker, is that his damn good? Yeah. Um, Who directed it, did Tangerine, which is like the one that's like all on an iPhone. This movie like kicks it up. Willem Dafoe is amazing in it. The little girl, I don't know that she's done anything since, Mm -hmm. which is a shame because she's incredible. Um, The woman that plays her mom, she just, he just found her on like Instagram and she's fine. She was found on Instagram. Yeah, she was found on Instagram. But the movie, but it's credit to the movie and how well it was, how well it's shot and how well it is uh, executed that you don't mind that she's just like fine Um, because you know, for those of you that don't know, it's just a story about a, a girl and her mom that live in this, like, shitty motel just outside of uh, Disney World in mm-hmm. Orlando. And it is the most depressing existence. I like depressing movies. Yeah. But it's all, because it's in Orlando and by Disneyland, it's all, like, pinks and purples and, like, pops of color. And it's just, like, it's the underbelly of, like, what Disneyland is. Yeah. And um, it's super great. And I... Suggest everybody watch it. It's a it's a super well shot movie. There's a monster calling. She is really outdoing herself today, and it's too much. I'm, um, I almost want to pause and get Maddie to take her away. You need to not do this. She has the she has a toy in her mouth, and yeah. she wants you to pull it. Yeah, I'm not going to though, because no. that's just going to rile you up even more. Yeah. Um, Ignore her. She'll, she'll I will say down. your two movies so far. I liked both of them, and I would say I loved neither. Florida Project, in particular, was a movie that uh, that didn't do it for me. Well, guess what? We all are different. We're all different people. We're all different people. But you know what? I know that you like my number nine, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, I fucking do, <laughs> man. Yes, I fucking do. So, FYI, I saw Craig yesterday and told him this on Friday night. We're recording this on a Sunday. 
Then on Friday night, I took my ass down to the Nubev. Uh-huh. Nubev, is, for those of you uh, unaware, is Quentin Tarantino's theater yes. that he owns and operates in Los Angeles. And I watched Quentin Tarantino himself's own cut, own, or own, own copy. Own, uh, always on film. Always on film at the New Beverly. Um, I watched his copy. The man touched it of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I loved it the first time I saw it, and I really fucking loved it the second time. And I think without, I mean, can we spoil some stuff? I think at this point, if you're, if you haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, skip forward like two minutes, and then if you hear us talking about another movie, I don't know, skip by like 15 seconds. Yeah. I don't know, you figure it out. Figure it out, figure it out, guys. Anyway, the second time you see it. It's available for digital download. Yeah, fucking digital download it, guys. It's amazing. It's a masterpiece. Um, The second time you see it, you don't. I know you're talking about this, but the second time you see it, you don't. um, You know that Sharon Tate uh, doesn't die. Right. So this, so this dread of like, oh, I don't want to see this pregnant bitch get fucking murdered. Like this would be, this is going to be upsetting. Like you don't have that. So it's just fun. It's just like the fucking best movie. I got misty eyed watching her. People give like, like, didn't have a lot to do. She, the scene of her watching herself in the movie theater is one of my favorite scenes. I think all that stuff works a lot better on the second movie. We actually just rewatched. I watched it with my wife at home. Um, cause she had not seen it. Um, and I enjoyed it. Quite a, I mean, I actually kind of, as soon as I walked out of the theater in July, I was like, I really like that. I'm going to like it even more the second time I yeah. see it. Which is, I think, often the w- case with a lot of Tarantino stuff. Yeah, I mean, and particularly, we talked about this very recently with Inglorious Bastards, yeah. that I feel like every time I watch that movie, I like it more, more. than the time before. Yeah, and this is another Inglorious Bastards where there is, it is just, it's kind of set piece after set piece. Yeah. And they're all so. They're all so fucking good. Yeah. The, and everybody's... And listen, Brad Pitt is amazing in it. And yeah. his his reactions in particular in the last half an hour, like when he's high or whatever, yeah. on that acid-dipped cigarette is amazing. But um, he, Leonardo DiCaprio, man. He's just amazing. He is And amazing. he's totally being forgotten in this best act. He's going to get a nomination. He's getting nominated everywhere. But I feel like it's such like an afterthought. And I love Adam Driver, Marriage Story, and would have absolutely no problem with him winning. But I think it is funny that everyone's like, yeah, Leo's going to get a nomination. He's definitely not going to win. He's like, not up there with... It's like, I mean, he's so good. I love Adam Driver. He should win. For the scene alone where he goes into the trailer and destroys it and screams at himself for drinking eight whiskey sours. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. It's crazy how good he is in this movie. This movie's a great fucking movie. Yeah. Um, Best in some glorious bastards for him, for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Love this movie. Loved rewatching it. Uh, it's just a movie that the whole thing is super rewatchable. But it was so much fun rewatching certain scenes. Uh, I couldn't wait to get to the whole Spawn Ranch scene, which oh, yeah. is amazing. So good. Um, even the second watch, Lena Dunham didn't even bother me as much mm-hmm. as it did the first time around. I said that. I was like, she's still the weak link for me, but it's it doesn't. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah. I just let it go. Um, Margot Qualley, as, as much as nepotism bothers me, uh, is great yeah, in it. Yeah, she's amazing in it. And he kind of uses that, I think, in this movie. Yeah. I mean, almost all those girls are... Well, it's so interesting that Maya Hawke is in it. For, you know, like, yeah. it's such a funny thing. Tarantino does this thing where he he does, he adds things in that, like, don't need to be there. Like, right. you didn't need Maya Hawke chickening out and then right. leaving. But it makes it better that 
yeah. you had that. For some reason, it just is better. Since we're doing spoilers, I want to know what you think about the, um, the controversy when this movie came out was about, there was some controversy about how women were treated at the end of the film. At the end? Yes, how the uh, amount of violence towards women that Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio inflict on two of the Manson girls. Right. And my thought was, yes, of course, violence against women is a terrible thing. Yeah. But if it's two of history's true monsters. True, <laughs> true, true monsters. And the guy gets it, too. The guy yeah. basically gets his dick ripped off yeah. by the by Brandy. What a good what dog. What a good dog. That's the other thing that I like about this movie. There's a good dog in it. Mm-hmm. There's a good dog. Um, no, She's I didn't. just sitting there patiently waiting for her meal. Yeah. Scout, do you even do that? But then if she alerted. That, if you had that rat and raccoon flavored food, oh, would you even God. be able to just sit there and rough, wait? Rough, Not at all. She is not at all. She does not wait for anything. And also, if the Manson family came to my house, yeah. <clears throat> if they were like, this little piggy has been shilling for Arby's for too long. Yeah. We got to take her down. Yes. Um... Scout would be like, right this way. Come right in. Yeah. Scout <laughs> Do you like, have any pets for me? Scout would be like, I don't like single parents either. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd be, and she just unlock the door yeah. for me, for him, and for them. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't find, I don't have a problem with that. Was yeah. that a con- I didn't realize that that was a controversy. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah weird, weird thing to... Um, be pissed about. Yeah, I think. I mean, they were going to murder... An eight-month pregnant woman. Yeah. I mean, strangers. Strangers, that's the bit, yeah. They literally had no beef with any of those people. Yeah. It's just a man he did have a beef with used to live there. And and also, they, like, fought, and if we're going by the movie version of things, like, they fought back. Like, he kind of, like, mm-hmm. like the, the redhead, you know, like, it wasn't like, they weren't, like, they, you know what I'm saying? They, yeah. they didn't subdue them and then, like, continue to beat the shit out of them. Right. Like, that was... You know, whatever. Also, it led to the greatest line reading of anything, which is Leonardo DiCaprio at the end when J.C. brings says, like, are you all okay? And he goes, the fucking hippies aren't. <laughs> oh, it's a great terrific. Movie. It's a great movie. Your number eight? My number eight is another crier, okay. shockingly mm-hmm. enough, uh, from 2010, reaching back, and that is Toy Story 3. Oh, Okay. Uh, Toy Story 3 is, I think, the crown jewel in the Pixar canon. That, and I mean, Coco's amazing, too, but mm-hmm. Toy Story 3 I had to put above it because we, like, the third, when is the third part of anything particularly, right. you know, the yeah. best? And not only, there's, like, there's a John lot Wick. of, like, John Wick. <laughs> Incorrect. I think two's the best. <laughs> two's the best. Yeah. There's a lot in two's the best Star Wars. There's a lot of be- uh, great, um... There's a lot of like existential like crisis, cre- crises, crises mm-hmm. in this crises. movie. Crises, crises. There's existential crises. <laughs> oh, I like saying that. It's nice. Uh, and it's like, which Guys, is a crazy thing. Direction. The pot is now just ASMR. ASMR. Megan and I are saying crises, 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 crises in different ways. Everybody's having an existential crisis, and they're yeah. toys, and they're toys. Can you imagine? Um, so yeah, I really gave a shit about everything in this movie. Uh, I mourned for my childhood. Mm-hmm. I also grew up like with Toy Story, right. you know. Um, so, uh, I love this movie. I don't know what else to say. Toy Story 3. Everybody likes Toy Story 3. Yeah, it's good. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything to add about Toy Story 3. I thought Toy Story 4 was good too. 
Not yeah. as good as Toy Story not 3. Not as good as Toy Story 3, but... Uh, got me a little bit at the end? Yeah, got me at the end, for sure. But not in the way that Toy Story 3... Well, yeah, when there are... Spoilers when... Going into the fire. And that's terrifying, and that, and that is crying, yeah. me crying. But then the other part that's me crying is when they're, he brings all the toys to the new little girl, mm-hmm. and they're playing, and then she's like, my cowboy, and she reaches for Woody, and he instinctively pulls, her, pulls the cowboy back, yeah. and then realizes, like... It's like making me emotional right now. Yeah. And then realizes like, no, my time is yeah. with him is done. Yeah. And I have to move, pass it along. Um, yeah, it's another beautiful movie. I like crying movies. Yeah, you like to cry. It's weird because you're so happy about everything in your life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me take another swig of this old Bloody Mary. I know you said go light on the vodka. I did not. <laughs> um, my number eight is 12 Years a Slave. Interesting. So... I felt like I needed to include something. We kind of talked about like prestige issues movies because a lot of my number ones, just going back and looking, were movies like that. And I felt like somewhere on my list, I needed to include at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and 12 Years a Slave, I think just visually and the performances and stuff perhaps holds up the best. Most of my stuff is stuff I'd want to go back and rewatch over and over again, and obviously just because of the issues within 12 Years a Slave, that's not that movie. No. Um, But this was the first time I had watched it all the way through since I saw it in theaters. Um, And I remember being sort of like blown away by it then, and it's still still very... uh, You watch this movie again? Yeah, it's 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 very upsetting. You know, it's not a great situation. No, uh, if you didn't see Twelve Years a Slave. Basically, it's about a a free uh, man of color living in New York City, who gets he's a violinist and he gets convinced to go play music down in the D.C. area by two white men who basically sell him into slavery, and he doesn't have proper papers or anything to prove that he's a free man and then spends 12 years as a slave. Um, difficult watch. Um, Lupita Nyong'o. Remember this year we didn't know if Lupita Nyong'o would beat Jennifer Lawrence and American Hustle for Best Supporting Actress? Remember this was like a real thought that Jennifer Lawrence might win Best Supporting Actress for American vaguely, Hustle? Vaguely, 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 vaguely. Anyway, it was a terrible period of time. <laughs> Um, she did end up winning, right? She did end up winning. Um, but this movie sort of, some of the other movies that we watched from this year, which I, a lot of them, they both still hold up, but I felt like they all kind of went into this slot and I just chose 12 Years of Slave would be Selma and Spotlight. Oh yeah, I love Selma. that I like quite a bit um, that maybe aren't perfect and maybe part of the reason they're so affecting is what they are about. Yeah. But I still think they're super well done movies and I, Needed to put them somewhere on my list. Yeah, Selma's in my top 20, I think. 12 Years a Slave is difficult for me because, mm-hmm. A, beyond it being a difficult watch, um, I don't know, this is like a, a longer discussion, but do you know Roxanne Gay, the essayist yes. and the writer? Uh, she wrote, I just finished actually Bad Feminist, which I highly recommend as a book to anybody that wants to read. She's a great writer, but... She has some very interesting thoughts on pop culture and yeah. some interesting thoughts on Quentin Tarantino and and also Twelve Years a Slave as yeah. being a little bit um, slavery porn sort mm-hmm. of. And I am not a person of color, so right. I don't want to 
speak on it. Yeah. Uh, like, <clears throat> you know, the, read the essay. She yeah. articulates it much better than I would anyway um, and her issues with it. Uh, but all I know is it's 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 un, it's unpleasant to watch. Right. It's an un, it's an un, sure. it's an yeah. unpleasant watch. Obviously, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. Seven. <clears throat> My seventh movie. Oh, is from this year, and is Parasite. We've talked about this. Uh, Parasite's great. Um, please go see it. It's. I mean, I, I think if you live in a major city, you probably have access to it. I don't know if you don't. Uh, I should look this up today. It looks like it's going to be available for a digital download in the middle of January. Oh, great. Oh, great. If you, when you are in your house yeah. in Minnesota or yeah. wherever in the, is in a cold place yeah. and you're like, I need, I want to watch something that's interesting. Yeah. Please watch Parasite. It has become a bit of a, like, a indie hit. I yeah. Mean, it's made a fair amount of money. So I would think it's probably has spread out, um, you know, it may not be in small towns, but probably most major, like, may, probably most metropolitan areas. It's yeah. not just, like, a New York, L.A. movie. Yeah. Uh, it's fucked up. Eat the rich. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's now easy this, for me to talk from my wine cave. Yeah, right? <laughs> Megan and I are just hanging out in Hanging out in this cave. wine cave. <laughs> you heard Tom Steyer's here. Um, Topical. Uh, Pete. Pete, come in here, just real quick, just for a couple minutes. Who invited Pete Buttigieg to my fucking wine cave? I don't, I'm not into it. Oh, he, he, what is that, Pete? <laughs> uh, he's kicking some homeless people out of the shots. <laughs> oh, Jacob Klumpner would be so mad if he listened. Oh, he'd be so mad if he listened. But seriously, Parasite is a, it's like a super, super well done, well acted original movie, which mm-hmm. uh, looking back on stuff, like so much of it is either like based on, right. as much as I love like, you know, Selma and 12 Years a Slave and yeah. other things, Toy Story 3 based right. on like true events. Like, come on guys. Yeah. Uh, this is such an original, cool idea. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I love this movie. Parasite was one of my three movies from this year. Uh, I did not get a chance to go back to a theater and watch it, so it's not on my list, but I think it's something that very much on a second view could jump up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I rewatched You Will Like again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure I'll like it quite a bit. And Like I said, it may, by the end of this year, maybe in five years, be my favorite movie of the year. But yeah. um, at this point, it's like I'm not going to... Similar with, with the recency bias saying you were saying, I was like, I'm not going to throw three things on my list from this year unless I've gotten a chance to watch them a couple times. Um, my number seven is Roma. Um, it's a very good movie. Um, again, even having watched it twice um, and appreciating it so much, it sort of falls into that... 12 Years a Slave category of that I don't want to, this isn't a movie I want to go back to over and over again. Um, I think I actually would probably just rewatch that 12 minute stretch. From the furniture store to when she delivers the... Um, Just because I think that section is so incredible in terms of just filmmaking and everything like that. Um, But it was my favorite movie of last year. Uh, Obviously we talked about it a lot on this podcast. Um... And it needed to be on this list somewhere. And this is just kind of where I shoehorned it in. I'm sure it's on your list, so we can talk about it now. Um, it's or, definitely on my list. Or we can talk about it. You can talk about it more once we get to it on your Let's list. Let's talk about it when we get to my list. Okay. Although yeah. there's 
you know, it, it, like we talked said, there's only so much to say about yeah. all of these because they're all really good. Yeah. Uh, my number six <clears throat> is, and I'm sure this is on your list, mm-hmm. uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie's fucking great. Yeah. It's from 2015. Yeah. This is a 2015. Um, 2015. 15, guys. 15. Not any other, yeah. whatever. Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. Um, I don't know what, this movie just, I, I really respect a movie, because every movie now is too long. Mm-hmm. And truly, and I really respect a movie that just fucking goes. Right. And it, from moment one, you're like, and I'm in, I, you're never going to be bored. Yeah. It fucking is, it is, again, talk about like an original, it's not an original idea, but talk about an original world. Like every detail of the world is so crazy. There's yeah. a guy that plays guitar yeah. while they attack. He's a fifist. He's the modern day fifist. Yeah, yeah but what a, what a clever, what a yeah. brilliant, like it's shit like that that makes the, and they, this, they, the fact that they spray their mouth silver yeah. and are like get high on that, like it, that sort of stuff for me <clears throat> is the stuff that takes us from like, oh, this is a fun action movie to like, holy shit, yeah. this is a masterpiece and is insane. Um, and uh, again, we, this has been well-trod territory, but like for a for a chase movie to go across the desert and then turn around and come back is like such a cool yeah thing. Um, I'll ahead. talk about it now, and then I'll just when we get to it, I'll just say okay. Go ahead. My, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's a really it's probably the I mean probably the best action movie for easily. of the decade, if not <clears throat> all time. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but rewatching it this time, what really stood out to me was. The visuals and the world building and, you know, all of the design elements. I think that's what puts it on this list because it's just so... Anybody can make a car chase movie. Anybody can make eight to nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, which uh, are also good which movies, are good by the way. Movies, but there's definitely... There's a difference between Fast and the Furious 7 and Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. And it is just this attention to this crazy attention to detail. Yes. And just the gonzo ideas that uh, George Miller and the people that he worked with came up with. You know what's funny to me too is like, and I love the Fast and Furious movies. Do yeah. not get me wrong. I go see them all in theaters. Yeah. Uh, with mini bottles in my purse. Yeah. Um, is you know for. Th- those movies do a lot of uh, talking about like me, familia, yeah. family right. is important, and like yeah. these characters that we love and live with. But the truth is, is I don't give a shit about those characters. Like I'm, I'm there for the scene where the rock lands on the car and right. is like, whoa, that was t-, like whatever. I'm that's what I'm there. I'm there yeah. for the, to see them drag You're not safe there for through the, the Diesel's ninety-five second monologue. No, yeah. about like his father staring yeah. out of a window. No, I'm not there for that. Um, but what's funny to me is this is just one movie where I know these characters and I cared so much about, like, you don't, it's, you don't have to do that in an action movie and it's hard to do that in an action movie and you want these women, you like feel for these women and their plight and you want them to be okay. And when stuff happens to them, it's, it's upsetting. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's, that should say it all. Yeah. It's a it's an action movie where you give a shit. Yeah. Um, great movie. Just just incredible. Even, you know, I watched it mostly uh, this time on my iPad at work. And even there, like, the visuals, like... Really pop. Really pop. 
But uh, if for whatever reason you miss Fury Road, I suggest watching it on the biggest screen possible. Hmm. Uh, my number six is The Irishman. Um, it's my number one for this year so far. I don't have much to say about it. Have you? You haven't seen it yet, right? I watched it. Oh yeah, I watched it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it was a a little more. I was. I thought I was gonna be bored. It's over yeah. three hours. I wasn't bored. Yeah. Which is a big deal for me. Right. Um, it was a little bit of like a more a less fun version of Goodfellas mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I again, I didn't super. I wasn't super invested in because I didn't. I didn't love any of the characters. Right. And I don't love Al Pacino. Yeah. Um, I thought Joe Pesci was phenomenal. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Scorsese. He's not going to make a bad... Right. Spielberg. He's, they're not going to make bad movies. Right. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, this is not a movie I've gone back and fully rewatched yet because, again, it is three and a half hours long, but I look forward to doing so. Um, yeah, I particularly just think the last hour... Um, is sort of incredible. And uh, I just want to give a quick shout to Stephen Graham, who is also so good in that movie, who played the scene between him and Pacino where he shows up to the meeting late in shorts. Oh, yeah. Is, oh, he's great. Is he was unreal. And he's another Al Capone, Al Capone from, from, from Boardwalk from Empire. Boardwalk Empire, yeah. Boardwalk Empire here's, here's, my, here's my television. Here, here's my, here's my, my number one television wreck for you guys for the decade. Watch Boardwalk Empire. Go back and watch all of Boardwalk Empire. Everybody's going to be like, this is a lot. It's boring. It's one of the best series of all time. And I don't think it gets a lot of, like, doesn't get a lot of love. It's just do. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking great. And he's Al Capone in Boardwalk. And yeah. He's great. Um, your number five? My number five is also a, a Scorsese movie, but it's not The Irishman. Hmm. My number five is a movie called Silence. Okay. Um... Silence is a Barnes Scorsese movie from uh-huh. 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield as two uh, Catholic priests. Jesuit priests, yeah. Yes, who have gone to Japan to find their mentor priest, played by Liam Neeson. And he's who, a tree monster. <clears throat> he's a tree monster. Spoil, like, <laughs> twist! They're in the same universe. Um, <laughs> it is almost, it's like about three hours. It's yeah. also very, very long. Which is all my complaining about long movies and, you know, this movie's on my list. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because I feel like this movie, again, went kind of under the radar. Which is funny to me. If this was released on Netflix, if, like, it was in the place of The Irishman, yeah. whatever, I think people would be flipping a shit over it. Right. It is super fucking good. Yep. Um, and uh, as somebody who is not religious... Um, at all, I the, there's no higher compliment than I saw this movie and was like, well, I kind of get why people right are religious, yeah. and I like and I respect that a little bit more. Um, it's super well shot. Mm-hmm. It's Scorsese. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah. It's, it's for for a quiet movie about two fucking priests. Yeah. in Japan, three priests. It's. Uh, it's it's violent. It's very. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. You saw it. Yep, Silence is amazing. Um, the Scorsese. I mean, he has several outliers, but I would say his movies in general are either about crime or about religion, mm-hmm. um, or both. Um, and this is, you know, one of his religious movies. Uh, 
And I think by far his superior one. The Last Temptation of Christ I actually don't like very much for a Scorsese movie, mm -hmm. but I think Silence is incredible. Yeah. Um, Andrew Garfield, under, like, rated. It's interesting that he, of the two of them, Adam Driver really came out. Not that I, I think their career, career paths were more set than I don't think the silence really pushed it one way or the other. Yeah. Um, he has made some good... Andrew Garfield, I feel like, has made some interesting choices. Yeah. Like, Driver has very much, I feel like, been more, like, a tour-driven completely. Like, it seems more about who he's working with than what he's working on. Yeah. Um, except for maybe Star Wars. Um, Andrew Garfield did Angels in America, which took him kind of out of the movie game for a while, uh, which I did not like him in. I thought he was kind of sort of too campy um, as prior. Mm. Um, Difficult not to. Yeah. And also, you know, you know, obviously they both work with Scorsese, which is amazing, but Adam Driver then was like, I'm going to go work with Noah Baumbach and Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. And Andrew Garfield was like, I'm going to go work with Mel Gibson. So... <laughs> Hacksaw Ridge, not on my list, by the way. I actually like Hacksaw Ridge. It's not bad. But it's not on my list. Yeah. Anymore. You know what's a better movie? Silence. Yeah. See Silence, especially if you're a, if you're a nerd and you, you happen to miss it. Yeah. It's fucking good. Um, my number five is The Social Network. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I think this is um, up there for me. Yeah. This movie was like a top two or three movie for me that year. Uh, I did not have it as my number one. Um, but every single, I've probably watched it, I guess, two or three times in the last 10 years. And every time I watch it, I feel like I see more and just appreciate everything, uh, that Fincher was doing with it and Aaron Sorkin more and more. Um, now this movie is about my close personal friend, Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. Correct? Megan and Mark Zuckerberg, of course, famously. Famously. Were at Exeter. Academy at the same time. Not, in, not only at the same time, we yeah. gra he was in my graduating class. Right. We graduated high school together. Now, you... I went one way. You're, you're, the Rooney Mara character is based on you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will tell you... Or you're the Asian girl that hooks up with him in the bathroom stall. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, you know, the, the, but the one story that I have about him is he is his roommate mm -hmm. was this guy named I don't want to say last name so I'll just say Seth yeah. um, and uh, he was like a lacrosse player and very Seth cute Rogen. Seth Rogen was his roommate yeah. and um, not that old good lord I'm Mark Zuckerberg's age and he Seth Rogen's like our age no yeah, look it up okay look it up um, and he uh, anyway Seth his roommate um, asked me to come get illegal Vs with him, which is illegal visitations, which mm -hmm. is like you have to have, if you're a girl, you have to have permission to be in a boy's dorm room and vice uh -huh. versa. And he was like, oh, you just come, come to my dorm room. Come and I literally was a very, I mean, everybody in this school is a nerd, but I was like queen of the nerds. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to make out with cute lacrosse player Seth Coburn because he yeah. asked me to get, because that's why you got illegal yeah. visitations. And I remember getting to the room being like, this is it. And Mark was there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, Mark. And Seth was like, I'm glad you're here. I need help with homework. <laughs> he needed help writing a paper. 
<laughs> for our baseball an American narrative class, and um, he needed help with research. And Mark was like, "Can I take your picture real quick for this website?" <laughs> no, that was the Facebook was our, we already had that at Exeter. Right. It was like a it was, but it was an actual hard copy, and you would right. play the Facebook game where because yeah. it had like every every room had like an extension, and you would kind of go through and be like. You dare you to call this person? Would you know? Fuck Mary Kill with the Facebook. Yeah. Can I tell you something, man. Is this about how old Seth Rogen? Is? No, I was. Uh, she's. He's a year older than us. Okay. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Um, what What are you gonna tell me? If you were gonna create Facebook, you would have created Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hundred and. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna say how much I am. And there's two of me. Um, it's just a good movie. It's just a super well put together film. And uh, after having seen Cats this week, it will be an, one of the all time Oscar travesties forever that Tom Hooper won an Academy Award that year instead of David Fincher. Yeah. Was this the King speech? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cats. Cats, guys. Well, we'll get to that. It's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> you have been thinking about it for days. Yeah. I will never stop thinking about it. Uh, my number four, we're on number four, right? Yep. My number four is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Great. It vaulted up there, man. Uh-huh. That fucking movie. We already talked about it. Yeah. My number four is Mad Max Fury Road. Hey! Hey, we already talked about we it. We talked about that, too. Yeah. Okay, my number three, you're going to fucking, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Okay, I don't give a shit. My number three is from 2012. I've seen this movie so many times. Okay. I bought it. I own it. Uh-huh. It's the funniest movie of the decade. Yep. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's called Think Like a Man. And you're making a face right now. It is on my top 10 of the decade. I don't care. And I'm going to give you my reasons why. Okay. It's very hard to make a comedy. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, sorry. Uh, the podcast was actually canceled. Okay. No. Nope. Wrong, wrong, uh, wrong, wrong, wrong. Wow. It is very hard. I know you're shocked. It is very, I knew this moment was coming. It is very hard to make a comedy. It is very hard. And this is, by the way, goes back to Roxanne Gay. Also talking about like a lot of movies starring people of color mm-hmm. fit into the either message movie or right. it's like, or like a like a Tyler Perry type thing. Sure. This movie, as is cast is almost exclusively uh, black people, African Americans. It is so fucking funny. Kevin Hart is amazing in it. It is now. Listen, is it based on a book written by Steve Harvey called "Think Like a Man, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man"? That my roommate Tanya owned. Yes, it is. One hundred percent about like how to like get your man. It's like an ensemble comedy. Taraji P. Henson is kind of ostensibly the lead, but mostly because she's like the the big star in it. Yeah. Um, and then Kevin Hart is like kind of like the the comic relief. It is so it deals with like kind of like all the different guys have like the tropes of like the mama's boy and like the guy that can't commit and like the like the guy that doesn't have ambition or like or it's like the poor guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible, but it is like, he's like, dates yeah. Taraji B. Henson. It is, I love this movie. I've seen it so many times. I own it on DVD. It's, it's just as a, a pretty, it's not an original concept, but the comedy is just so tight and um, the performances are great. And it's my favorite comedy of the decade. 
And so I couldn't not include it because I love comedies. And it's funnier than Bridesmaids. I'll say it. Mm, that's a bad take. No, I love it. It's so funny. Continue. Think Like a Man is at a 6.6 on IMDb. It's so good. Um... Look, if you want to go ahead, if you want, I, the other thing, the other comedy I could have put on this list was Bridesmaids, which is another of my favorite comedy of the decade. Bridesmaids is great. Yeah. Think Like a Man. I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to like sit down and like watch a movie one night, it's going to be Think Like a Man. 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Rotten Tomatoes is 79% wrong. audience score. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen an audience score under 85%. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding you. They made, it was so well, they made like, like Think Like a Man 2, which I do not recommend. Right. Do not see Think Like a Man 2. Um, you're not going to like my number three, because uh-huh. you think it's lower tier, and you're wrong. And oh. my number three is the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. Moonlight, Moonrise Kingdom is, is in my, is is in not, my top 20. Moonrise Kingdom is so much worse than Grand Budapest Incorrect. Hotel. Incorrect. Incorrect. Did you see Grand Budapest Hotel more than once? No. Okay. Guys, I didn't like it the first time. Um, that's your problem. I was bored. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel uh, is amazing. I think it's... Uh, Isle of Dogs is better than Grand Budapest Hotel. That's definitely for sure. tier. No. Isle of Dogs is like his second worst movie. Absolutely not. It's yeah. about dogs and it's like... And it, and it warms your heart. You, you know? just like dogs. Yeah, I do like dogs. If you didn't like dogs, you wouldn't... That's why you like cats because you like fucking cats. No, I don't like cats. That movie is... That movie's fascinating. Oh, you so I have now I have you on record saying you don't like cats. I, I don't like the movie cats. Yeah, but I'm gonna use but oh you use this in a minute. Um I love Grand Budapest Hotel. I do not care. I for liked it. it when I first saw it. When I rewatched it, I liked it even more. Every time I watch it, I like it a little bit more. Similar to Royal Tenenbaums, which I think is his best movie. It's on the same level for me as the Darjeeling Limited. That's because you've only seen it once. Mm. Um it's got a really nice balance of comedy and then um Melancholy, which is also what I like about Royal Ten Moms. Um, and I honestly think Ray Fine's performance in it is incredible. Like, there's this amazing balance between, like, this heightened um, 1930s European concierge and then, like, this, like, modern, like, throw in, like, just the way he throws away lines and stuff is amazing and we don't need to talk about it anymore but uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel is great and the cast is amazing and it chokes me up at the end of the movie every single time agree to disagree yeah and it was an Academy Award nominated film unlike Think Like a Man so sure. my number three much better than your sure but as I think we've proven with this uh, podcast Academy Award nomination means a thick number two for you I will say um, my number two is so my so okay so here's what I'll say. Yeah. 10 through 3 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you could mix them up. Yeah. Whatever. What Once Upon a Time in Hollywood jumped up there and bumped up. And, and you know, if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite had not come out this year, um, Moonrise Kingdom and uh, Nightcrawler and also Anomalisa just missed the list too. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Um, but these two... Two movies are immutable for me. Yeah. These are my two, my top two favorite movies of the decade that in in this order, and yeah. there's no, there's no buts about it. And number two is a movie that you know, and love, mm-hmm. which is Inside Lewin Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Inside Lewin Davis is my favorite Coen Brothers movie yeah. by a long shot. Yeah. And and I like the Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. And this movie is fucking incredible. 
Um, it is stars Oscar Isaac, and I don't know what else to say about it other than it's a movie about failure. Right. And as an actress, I am well versed in failure yep. and rejection. Um, that's also a musical. Uh, the m- music is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be good, yeah. but it is really, really good. The whole soundtrack is great in particular. Um, Carrie, Carrie Mulligan's in it and Mumford and Sons, her husband, yeah. whatever did all the music for it. And, uh, the main theme of like, if I had wings, like Nora's dove. What is the name of that song? Fairly well. Fairly well. Um, is a fucking amazing song. John Goodman's in it. I don't want to say it. This movie is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. There is nothing bad about this movie. Yeah. Uh, I knew this movie was going to be on your list. Um, this was actually the only movie that I rewatched that I didn't originally have like in the top like three or four for a year. Um, because I have not seen the film since it came out, but I've been thinking about it ever since. And it didn't quite make my top 10, but it's in my top 15. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. I probably have, I probably go on a kick every 18 months where I listen to the soundtrack like nonstop yeah. for three days. Yeah, me too. Um, Even the, the jokes, the song that they, that, uh, j- uh, what's his face? Justin Timberlake and Adam Driver do yeah. as like, the, the, as like a, the joke song. Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. Uh oh. It's like also a fun, good song. Yeah. They're all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great film. Uh, Nothing much else to say about it other than Oscar Isaac, although a star, should be a bigger star. He should be. Well, he's picked some bad... Yeah. He's picked some weird shit. But he's also picked stuff that's good. Like, I feel like this movie, people thought might get nominated for an Academy Award, and it probably just missed out. It probably would have been, like, they nominated, like, eight or nine that year. It would have been the ninth or tenth movie, I feel like. Um, Similarly, uh, I thought a most violent year was... Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think no one, no one saw it. Um, but then he did movie. Then he's done like. Then he did movies like uh, Love. What's the Life itself? Life itself, yeah. and like, um, I don't know. He's he's in the Star Wars. Like I don't know. Yeah. Um, and Silent so Day was great though. It's a fucking great movie. Uh, my number two movie you haven't seen because we were just talking about it, and it's a separation. Oh god, I'm so bummed I haven't seen this movie. Um, this was on my this is on my short list. Yeah. A separation is an Iranian film. Asghar Farhadi is my director of the decade by far. He had four movies released this decade, or directed this decade, and then he had a movie from 2009 that wasn't released in America until this year. And all five of them, I think, are highly recommended, but particularly this and The Salesman um, are fantastic. I, ch- I kind of decided I didn't want to put any director on the list more than once, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to sort of spread the wealth. The Salesman could very well be on this list, if not. Um, but basically, it's about a couple in Iran with a child, and they are... Uh, separating, and the woman has gotten a visa to move to France and wants to take their daughter with her. Um, but he won't agree to it, and he won't. The only reason they're separating is because he won't move to France because he has an elderly father who has. Uh, I guess he's probably got Alzheimer's as well, but he's very elderly, very in very poor health. And kind of what happens is he. Once his wife leaves, he has to hire someone to come be a caretaker and be at the house with his father and it's this 
woman comes to do it and basically she ends up getting injured and there's some question about did she slip down the stairs was she pushed down the stairs and it kind of it's just this domestic drama um but it's fantastic the acting's amazing um Farhadi does these sort of his best movies are all these just intimate films with mystery in them but it's not like you know we're not talking about like a Knives Out or like a Agatha Christie thing by any means mm-hmm. it's just there's one key element of it that's like oh how why did that happen or how did that happen mm-hmm. um but yeah they're incredible they almost all take place basically within the home um I can't uh recommend a director more that I would guess probably a lot of our listeners have not uh watched his movies before but so I would start with the separation the salesman but I also love The Past, which I think is all in French. Um, Everybody Knows, which she directed, which came out uh, at the end of last year, early this year, uh, which is a Spanish movie with mm. Javier Bardem. And oh. Pico. Oh, I know this one. Yeah. And um, this movie about Ellie was the one that came out in 2009, but didn't get released here until the middle of the decade, um, which is about a girl that disappears during like a friend's beach vacation. It's like mm. 10 people and this girl just vanishes. Um, so check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. I'm, I'm actually, I've always, I, I remember when a separation came out and I missed it and then, and everybody knows I wanted to Mm -hmm. see too. It's difficult because. They're all on iTunes now. So you can. All right, I'll watch that. Um, I know what your number one is. Yes, because I haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. What's interesting is I was in the exact same um, boat as you in that I didn't want to put a director on the list more than once. Yeah. And what I'm realizing is I think Alfonso Cuarón is maybe my new favorite director, like Mm -hmm. over Tarantino, because I had a real hard time not putting Gravity in my top ten, which I think is also a fucking amazing movie. Yeah. Roma's my number one. Mm -hmm. I think it's a perfect movie. Um, I, again... It's tough because I think a lot of people watched it on Netflix, yeah. and I it's it is not a movie that lends even less than The Irishman. Yeah, it's not a movie that lends itself. It's in it's in a different language. Right. It is a slower burn. Um, it does not lend itself to Netflix in the same way, um, or to like watching at home. If you have the opportunity to watch it, and if you're like at a you know. I don't know, watch it with friends so that yeah. you're, you're all doing it like communally, whatever. It's a, I don't, it's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody is so nuanced. Again, it's sort of like Parasite. It's a movie about like class. Um, yeah, that is my number one of the decade. I feel like I had something else to say. Quaron is a genius. I can't wait to see what mm-hmm. he does next. Everything he does, whether you love it or don't, you have to admit that it's interesting and it's well executed. Do you want to try and guess my number one? Your number one of the decade. Yeah. Can you give me a hint? Um, we've actually talked about it on this podcast before. Oh, God. I have, you know, my memory is absolutely terrible. It's, they shoot horses, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have terrible news for you. Uh, Sarah did not pick that as his number one. Movie. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> no, I was going to say that came out in 1969. What? Different. I just saw it. I, listen, it works as well today yeah. as it does. We've talked about it on the... Is it the Phantom Thread? It's Phantom Thread. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. So when I was going back to do this, to, I was like, oh, this is going to be harder than I thought it was going to be. I was like, my number one's Phantom Thread, though. Yeah, that's what and I then, That Literally, I went, I, my number one's Roman, my number two's Inside Louie and Davis, and, and then, then I was let's like, figure it out the my rest. My number one's going to be Phantom Thread. And then as I started re- watching stuff, I was like, unless somebody knocked... Maybe somebody will knock it off. Like, some of these movies I haven't seen in, you know, eight, nine years. Yeah. No. Um, and then I rewatched Phantom Thread, and I was like, no, it's Phantom Thread. I love Phantom Thread. It's so good. It's a good movie. And um, particularly, just the three of them are all, I think it's Daniel Day-Lewis's best performance. Yeah. Um, I like it even more than There Will Be Blood, because, or Gangs of New York, which of course he's amazing in both those movies. Or even Lincoln, because... It's not as heightened. Yeah. Um, and it feels like you're getting like a little bit of actual Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, I love the interplay between him and Vicky Cripps. And I love the interplay between... My favorite stuff is with him and Leslie Manville. I think I said this at the time. Like I don't know when we've seen Daniel Day-Lewis in a movie in the last 30 years where... He's not the force in the movie, and just seeing like that one scene where Leslie Manville is like, "Don't come for me." Yeah, I'll go straight through you. Like it's amazing just to see someone hold the upper hand over yeah. him in such um, a not not yelly, just a very calm and. And is there any more romantic line <laughs> in movie history? <laughs> kiss me, my darling, before I'm sick again. <laughs> when he eats. <laughs> poison mushroom yeah. shavings that he knows she, she he knows it's poison yes but he does it for her yes I'll say I'm looking back on the nominees from 2018 I, we did this was the first year that we kind of like ranked them uh-huh. whatever yep uh, all and I think I had uh, Phantom Thread is like four number mm-hmm. four or something and I'm looking and the only movie that I uh, that were nominated that year that I would put above it is Call Me By Your Name. I'd yeah. put that I'd put that number two though. The Phantom Thread is a great movie. Yeah. Um, holds up on that rewatch, baby. That's it. That's it. That's our that's our list. Do you have a uh, least favorite movie of the decade? Uh, <laughs> that you can just think of off the top of your head. No, I can't. Although it's probably something that was like overrated. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I'm sure it's not like a small like whatever like what what makes me more angry than that is like stuff that people are like oh, I loved it so much and I'm like right. that movie yeah. really like I I said this last week but Frozen Two makes me so angry because everybody's Ugh. pretending like it's okay and I'm like it is a mess of a movie I think I uh, we didn't talk about this on pod because I hadn't seen it yet but it is crazy to me that people think that movie is good it is incomprehensible I just don't understand uh, somebody said to me the other I said well what is it about and they said oh it's about them going to find what happened to their parents and I said no it's not it's fucking not that happens like they, they, they that, know what happened to their parents they know what happens yeah. and by the way what happens is what happens like I'm sorry now I feel like it's it's just mm-hmm. too specific about this but like that movie is a fucking and also there's no bops no. It's the opposite and of you A know Star what? Is Born. 
You know what? Not only are there no bops, the song, the other song that she sings. Yeah, the, not the unknown one, the other one. Is so much better than Into the Unknown. I agree. I agree. The one she sings like uh, at the end there. Or yeah, whatever. When she's yeah. like in the cave. Yeah. But, um, but, but neither one of them are, n- none of no, them are let neither, it go. Neither bops. No. Um, and the song that Kristoff sings, they finally gave Jonathan Groff a song, and yoinks, they thought that was going to be a lot funnier than it was. Do you think, do you think Kristoff leaves Anna for Ryder? <laughs> that was extremely homoerotic. <laughs> that, I, I, mean, I they thought. that one character in the movie anyway, that's the, like. Played by my close personal friend, by the way, uh, Jason Ritter. Oh, no, I was going to say the, um. The, like, lumberjack-looking guy who's, like, giving him a manicure at one point. Oh, yeah. Who's, like, the bear daddy of all bear daddies. I just hate... I just, like... I, I love... As somebody who loved Frozen, I this movie was a fucking shit show. See, I thought Frozen was just fine um, to begin with, but... Yeah, this movie is It's about sisters, bad. and I appreciated that. Sure. And it was and it, and it was, like, a very pleasant... Pleasant it, in, a, in a very vintagey way. Like it didn't. I sometimes I appreciate movies that don't make me cry. Right. And like and you know like every Pixar movie wants to ruin my fucking life. Thank yeah. you, Coco. <laughs> um, but Frozen was just like a pleasant time. I just could not get. I just could not wrap my head around Frozen Two. Could not understand it. Yeah, I, I can't. I get why why children would like it. Yeah, but. I've talked to so many adults that have told me it's so good, and I don't... I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah, so that... that Stuff like that made me angry this decade. I'm trying to think of other... I, I can't think of, like, another... I think I have mine. You do? Yeah. It's Bright. Oh, that's right. You hated Bright. Yeah. I remember this. I just went back, and I looked at the worst movie for every year on my list for the top... For the last 10 years... And I think I hate Bright more than any other rest of them. And there's some bad movies on there, like Zoolander 2 and Oof. The Dictator. And, um, but Bright was really offensive. I'll tell you a movie that I walked out of. The last movie that I, I almost never... I mean, mm-hmm. I never walk out of movies in theaters because, you know, I, I paid for it. Yeah. I'm taking the time. Whatever, yeah. I'll finish it. Um, was uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. Mm. The Kristen Stewart, yeah. Charlize Theron. Well, it's because it broke up her and our paths. Yeah, that's why, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got halfway through that movie, and I was like, you know what? I don't have to finish this. I could just straight up leave, and I did. Yeah. So that that's the movie I walked out on. I also hated The Revenant. I know people like love. I understand why right. p- people like it, but I but that's of all the movies that were nominated for things, um, that's the movie that I really did not care for that movie in tree of life yeah um did you see any movies recently seen any re- we, we're not going to do top we already talked about our best movies of this year and the best right. movies of the decade but have you um, seen anything recently i saw cats oh that's right we're gonna talk about cats. and um it's so weird because it's a very bad movie <laughs> and it's not even like uh oh it's so bad it's good movie really because yeah. i wouldn't even say that but it's sort of fascinating in its awfulness. Mm. And I still don't think it's the worst movie I've seen this year. Um, I think Hellboy was the worst movie I saw this year. Right. Because that was a movie that was like, why do we even need this? Like, yeah. There was a Hellboy movie 15 years ago. What are we doing here? Um, 
I, I almost want everyone I've ever met to see Cats just so I can talk to them about the movie Cats. I wasn't but going I can't, to. In good faith, recommend say you should spend money on it. I think I'm gonna get. I will have seen everything. Well, I don't know. I think I'm gonna get high and go see it. I almost. I'm not I've saying do drugs, you. kids, but. Well, I'm almost recommending people not go under the influence because I think it might put you into some sort of like mind <laughs> loop that you'll never get out of. Another movie that was on my short list, Inception. Mm-hmm. I love Christopher Nolan. I don't want to be in the lo- in the lower level. Yeah, yeah, you would be there. Yeah, your brain would be a spinning top forever and ever and ever. Um, I'm fascinated by it. Though. So I saw Cats. What else have I seen recently? Before we wrap up this baby, um, Sundar. I'll say I I this wasn't so. So uh, it's screener season uh-huh. in Los Angeles, yep. and uh, I actually have gotten no, like a, only a couple screeners being in SAG, but Maddie's in WGA, so yeah. we've gotten all the good stuff. And uh, like I said, Jojo Rabbit was great. Uncut Gems was great. 1917, yeah. guys. No one's taught. I feel like, I know you're like, I, I said this to you on Twitter and you said, uh, you no called me a fucking yet. elite. It, it comes out on Christmas Day. But the thing is, is that I feel like critically people would be, like I haven't seen it on a lot of top 10 of the year lists, which oh, is surprising did. to me. Well, it it's has a, been on a lot. Like it was like on AFI's list. It was on the National Board of Review. It got nominated for a Golden Globe. Okay, good. It's yeah. an incredible movie and you will love it. Yeah. It's all one shot. Um, it's... It is the, it's a fucking great movie. Um, also, we made this list. So the other thing that I should say, the other caveat is we made the, our, this top 10 list without me having watched uh, Little Women. Right. And I feel like I'm concerned that Little Women is going to be my favorite movie of the decade. Yeah. Like I'm concerned that that w- will well, leap over everything. Well, but if we ever do another podcast, you can do it. If we ever do them, we'll talk about it. I didn't want to... Uh, I have the screener for it, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to watch it because yeah. I want to watch it. That's one of those movies that I want to go to the theater yeah. and get a fucking bag of popcorn and sit there and fucking cry yeah. when Joe cuts her hair off yeah. and when Beth dies and what? <laughs> and Meg's a bit. No, not Meg. Meg's the boring one. I always want to say if she's a bitch because that's right. my name. Amy. Amy. Amy's kind of a bitch. Um, I'm fucking very pumped on that. I think we may go that. on Christmas. I'm going to go gonna on my, Christmas. It's going to be my wife's one movie a year she goes and sees in the theater. She gets anxiety about seeing movies in theaters. She used to be afraid of getting shot, and then people started regularly getting shot in movie theaters. Sure, so. sure. Um, but I think we're going to go see it on Christmas Day. I think I'm going to go on Christmas Day, too, with my, my parents and my uh, gay Uncle Tim mm-hmm. and Maddie, and everybody else can see whatever the fuck. I don't give a, like, I'll go with a group. This is, here's a hot tip for me to you. If you're spending, this is like a real hot tip. If you are spending the holidays, this drops tomorrow. Mm -hmm. If you're spending the holidays with your extended family, there is nothing wrong with saying, hey, let's go to the movies and we can all see a different movie. Like, that's fine. Go to the mall, whatever, get, you guys can have like uh, jalapeno poppers while you're waiting for the other people's movies to be done. Go ahead. Go watch, go some, take the, the, have the kids go see Spies in Disguise. Have them go by themselves. They're fine. The kids yeah. are fine. What are they, four? They're fine. They're fine. Um, it's the worst thing they could have. 
well, according to your wife, <laughs> they get shot. Uh, so I would say uh, go see. You can see whatever that's different. I think probably, I don't know, they'll go see something. Or, or, they, or you know, Manny's excited for little, little Women too. But that is for sure my ass on Christmas Day yeah. and my 65-year-old mother. You will be watching. Go see Little Women. Tell your, you know, conservative uncle, hey, Richard Jewell's still out for one more week. You know, you can go see <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, go see Richard. Yeah. yeah. And have it, and see, Richard Jewell's sort of like a Rorschach test, too, where it's like, what do you take from this movie? Yeah. The media's bad or the government's bad? Yeah. One of the two. It can be both, though. It's okay. <laughs> How about everybody's bad? Yeah. On that note. I think that's about it. Uh, happy holidays, folks, listening to our, our listeners. Uh, we'll uh, be back with you in the new year. Uh, we're going to be jumping into little Tom Hanks mm-hmm. little, movie history. Yeah, Tom Hanks movie history. Either one part or two. We haven't decided yet. And then we'll do Don't our know. Oscar show. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then, we'll, and then we'll do something. I don't know. I don't know. Or we'll just on the podcast. I don't know. It's going to be one of those things. I don't know. But thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We appreciate Another it. Another calendar year with us. Yeah. Go see, go see movies. Go see movies. Enjoy your life. Yeah. Is that what on we do? On screen. <laughs> Bye. Bye.